Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children. Is everyone in this movement right-wing? No. Is everyone in this movement Nazi or fascist? Of course not. But if you're sitting in a room and there's 10 of you in there and half of them are and you don't leave the room, I don't know if you get to say you're not when you actively encourage them at your rallies, they attend your rallies, they take photos of themselves at your rallies, they bring their signs, they're in your telegram chats, you sharing their content. I don't know. I don't know if you still then get to throw your hands up in the air and go, no, 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 we're not about that. This episode idea came to me from seeing stuff on my social media about people stopped by police in their cars but saying to the officers they don't recognise Australian laws. In fact, what really had me wondering was when they would say, I'm not driving, I'm travelling. But in my mind, if you're in a car, you're driving it, right? Well, that's not the case for some people who don't see themselves as adherent to the laws we have in Australia. To find out more and to get an understanding about this movement, so to speak, often referred to as sovereign citizens in North America and in Australia, the term that I've discovered is correct is pseudo-law adherent. I've contacted two women I've been following for a while on Twitter. They both live in suburban Melbourne and for almost three years have been doing work 
outside of their day jobs and their family commitments. To deep dive and communicate about the different groups that we've been seeing a lot of through the COVID pandemic. Starting with the lockdown protests, the freedom rallies, the convoy to Canberra, anti-vaccine protests. There's been a lot. And they're finding out more about all the main players who have positioned themselves as leaders and some who draw hundreds and thousands of dollars in donations from supporters. Soss and Sandy each have their own reasons for what they are doing. And I first caught up with them on a hot February day in Dandenong in Melbourne southeast to chat with them. I wanted to understand more about this world for myself and thought that a 101 for Michelle and I, as well as our listeners, would be useful. So we invited them to the studio. Soss and Sandy had their own podcast called Tinfoil Tales, which is an in-depth look at this world and the main players in it. And we'll have links in the show notes for this episode. Something that really resonated with me and that Soss and Sandy will talk more about is that a lot of us looked on some of these groups and these protests and some of the stuff that's been talked about on social media and find it funny or ridiculous, but it's actually really serious. And there are some disturbing undercurrents to what is being communicated and proposed. And these are actually having real world effects on lives and communities. And in this episode, I just want to put in a content warning. We do include some audio of an American case of a young man who you'd call pseudo law adherent, who was stopped by police and the interaction ends in his death. There are sounds of gunshots, so please keep this in mind before listening to this episode. Now, here's Soss and Sandy. If you think about when COVID started coming out over and we all got locked down in our homes and it's put everybody online, so then everyone's now sitting online, they're looking at social media, all the listeners that would be listening probably will relate to this. When that was going on, you might have been getting some DMs by maybe a family member or a friend that might have sent you a weird DM about, you know, COVID maybe not being quite what it's portrayed to be. Something's going on with China and all that stuff. And then you might have gone from there to you've got a friend who's now passing on posts that are really odd and getting a little bit annoying. And then maybe you're not quite agreeing. And remember then you'd sort of be talking to your other friends and you'd go, oh, have you noticed so-and-so's sending those posts? They're into that stuff. Like microchips in the vaccine. And- yeah, or magnets. Yeah, that's it. So you'd start sort of a little bit of sort of making fun of it and you'd be gossiping a bit about one of the school mums who seemed to be sort of into it a bit. Yeah. And then it kind of got to a point where they just became outright annoying because they just wouldn't stop. And then maybe you might have ended a friendship and you might have ended a a relationship with one of these people. You'd start saying to someone, oh, I've unfollowed her. No, I have. I just can't do this anymore. Don't want to read it anymore. It's just stupid. Yeah. And then it seemed like, oh, that's so serious. You're unfollowing this mum from school over this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And family members too you know, getting a bit hectic with political stuff as well that intersected with the health stuff. And that's when I was starting to, I was getting annoyed, so annoyed. And then I think I was looking for stuff on Twitter and that's how I found Soss and Sandy. And I honestly thought you were journalists, (laughs) seriously, because the depth of what they're doing is unbelievable. But we're paid operatives, so we're paid by the government to yeah. discredit the fr- uh, the freedom movement <laughs> and George Soros. Who's George? <laughs> See, this is what I mean. I, who, I, who's George Soros? Like, there's so many names, and but this is how they do it, you know, by by having all these names and all these. They try to baffle you with bullshit. They, and they basically to- believe that George Soros is responsible for COVID. He started BLM. He's secretly Black Lives Matter. Matter. He's just a guy that they don't like. Like, there's just certain people around the world. They don't like George Soros. Has he got a political position? He does. He's very invested in equality, in democracies. He has invested money previously in countries where rights were restrictive. What an asshole. Correct. (laughs) Like, he's just a really horrible guy just trying to, like, make things fair and equal. So that's why they don't like him. But we do get a lot whenever you, if you try and engage, which is why we don't, 
in any uh, conversation, the first thing they say is, oh, are you being paid by the government? Yeah. I mean, you both got families and day jobs, right? And this is actually, I guess, an interest slash hobby, yeah, if I can call it. Yeah, just regular people because all that weird stuff was being shared around. There was friendships ending. We had friends. I've got friends that, you know, relationships couldn't, could, could not continue. And so we just wanted to started asking, what's going on here? Why? What's happening here? And we've spent the last probably two to three years really trying to answer that, going, what is going on? And we started off with the Melbourne protests. And then we started looking at the bigger picture and we went, started looking all over Australia. And then, then started looking, it's all worldwide. This is a worldwide thing. Every country has its own version of this. The frustration, the great frustration of it for me is that it's not hard to figure out what's going on. Like, it's not like you two are, have experience in the CIA. No, like, no. It's not hard to see, oh, hang on a minute. They're calling for cash donations at this event and then they're using that cash for the organisers to stay in a nice hotel to give themselves a break. Exactly, yeah. Like, are you thick? Why are you donating your money to these people for them to just misappropriate and... Do whatever they want. They're not transparent. They say, I'm transparent, but they don't tell you where that money went. It's nothing. It's a very basic example of the fact that it's so easily debunked. That's the biggest frustration. Mm, But it isn't, though. You got you. You got to put them yourself in their mind. In their mind, Google can't be trusted because they've been told that fact checkers are paid by the government. So if the fact checker tells you it's the truth, then that's how you know it's definitely not the truth. So they're not living in a world that we live in. They're living in a world where their friends don't speak to them anymore. Their family don't speak to them anymore. They walked away from their job because they wouldn't take the vax. They exist in Telegram. They exist in private Facebook groups. So all they're hearing is this. They're not hearing any balance, any other voice. No other echo chambers. It it doesn't matter Mm. what happens. Having a background in healthcare, witnessing what COVID was actually all about from a healthcare perspective. So we knew, well, I knew right away that what they were saying that COVID wasn't real right off the bat was wrong because I was actually looking at it. It was like telling me that the sky isn't blue when I'm looking at the sky and it's blue. So that was the first step for me, going online and watching what all these people were saying about COVID and then actually going and seeing what was happening with COVID gave me really good perspective to go, yeah, they're freaking wrong on everything. Where are they? Where is this coming from? What are they? And they just won't listen. They won't listen they won't, to and you. They, they won't nope. listen to it. doctors. They won't we're listen lying, to We're lying. We're paid. Yeah. I feel like with the timeline of it, it's like there has been a lot of damage done from yeah. the lockdowns. There's just different lingering effects. But, you know, fear, then there's sort of the entry point of people being told they have to yeah. have something for their job. And I, I understand a bit about maybe people who don't want to have vaccines. Oh, Absolutely. I yes. love vaccines, but that's not a new thing being against vaccinations. But I think what happened was this brought a whole other group into it. That was one of the things that was really apparent to us when we went back to have a look at what happened specifically in Melbourne. The anti-vax network in Australia is huge and it's not new and it's been around for a long time. And they've had movies They've got a bus. They've had campaigns. So they were there, ready. And then you've got the common law groups, sits. They've been around for 20 years and they were ready too. And then you had the 5G people and they were around before COVID True. and they were ready too. And Q, Q and I. So there was, Q, all, oh there was already yeah. these groups of people that had been doing this for a while. Mm who saw COVID and restrictions and mandates as a massive opportunity to grow their church. And there are thousands of people out on the street converging and they're anti-government and they're anti-whatever. Of course, it makes sense that you're going to have groups like this all coming in and going, okay, there's thousands of people that I might be able to influence here Mm. and and manipulate, and they did. Some politicians saw a great opportunity to join up. Religious groups. Religious groups started realising. Influences. What's the difference between a sovereign citizen and a cooker, a prepper, who's a proud boy? Who's who in the zoo? So the way that we see it is 
while there were mandates and while we were in lockdown, there was a lot of different people at the protests from all the groups that we've already said, you know, people who were annoyed that their church was closed. Yeah, absolutely. Small business owners. Yeah, that their kids couldn't go to school. They couldn't see their loved ones. So there was a lot of people there. Yeah, there was a lot of people there. But then as things start to ease off and people, the vast majority, went back to their normal lives and maybe they got their job back or whatever, those people probably do still have a lingering distrust of the media. They probably have a lingering distrust of government, maybe of science, maybe of healthcare, maybe of Department of Human Services, whatever, which is an issue in itself. But then you're left with like more rusted on, hardcore type people who it's not really about the mandates anymore. It's about all the other stuff that they've heard while they've been in this space. So it's about Epstein Island. They talk about that. They genuinely believe that there is a vast network of people doing horrible things to children. And they're right. This is part of the issue trying to deal with people in it. Because some of what they say is actually anchored in some semblance of truth. But then it gets spun away to be something that's just so outlandishly far-fetched that you lose sight of that thing it is that you're trying to address. Perfect example. So they're all about saving children and protecting children and doing things that are right for children. This weekend, a surf life-saving carnival in New South Wales has been cancelled because they were going to target it because they didn't like the fact that last weekend there was pride flags at the Nippers Carnival. So they were planning on going to Nippers Carnivals and just yelling abuse and arguing with people and screaming and shouting. So now the kids that they're trying to protect by yelling at them and screaming at them and yelling at their parents now can't go to do their surf life-saving carnival. And that kind of sums them up a bit. Which group would they belong to now? What would they be called, those people? Cookers. (laughs) Sorry. It's like that's the They they are, but it's just really hard because, like, they're not either or. That's the issue. Right. like Because cookers were originally anti-vaxxers. Is that right? Were they cookers? No, cookers are a term for people who believe in a broad range of different of all of these things. So they believe all of it. And that's a particularly Australian term, isn't it? Cookers that's, are yeah. Australian. Can, can we just, yeah, we've got to give credit to Tom Tanaki. If we, yeah, if Tom, we don't say Tom came up with that term, he'll <laughs> call you and make you say it. There's a lot of people on, on Twitter. Tom Tanaki is one. But... They've been in this for a long time. They are people who research the far right in Australia and fascists and things like that. And they kind of came into this kooka world because, like I said, they were showing up at the protests. So they were like, hey, that's weird. Look, these two groups have kind of come together. But but now the people who are like rusted on, who are still in it, hardcore in it, are all kind of heading towards this common law what you would call sort of set belief okay. that they can just not contract anymore with the government right? Um, and not can... pay bills and not pay their rates. Not recognise, um, you know, police or government, not schools. They want to have their own communities, don't yep. they? Yep. They currently are trying to work out how they can set up co-ops where they would be able to buy all of their food so that they wouldn't have to go to supermarkets anymore. Yeah, they have their own ideas for a, you know, they do have nurses that will kind of work off the books to come and and visit you. Oh, so frustrating because, you know, children will say to you sometimes, why do we need need money? And you'll go, oh, look, yeah, I know it's a drag, but no, babe. It's because... It's because, you know, in the olden days, people would swap their grain for someone, half of someone else's sheep, but... Then it got a bit more complicated because some bloke didn't want grain, he wanted something else, you know, and eventually they had to think up a way that we could all get what we wanted. And then there had to be a bloke sort of in charge of that. And then they needed a school and then they had to figure out how to pay for it. So aren't these people eventually, once they've got their own shops and their own nurses and, and all that, like aren't they going to eventually have to have a bloke who figures out 
what time they go to work and who yeah isn't there eventually going to have to be a government yeah aren't there going to have to be rules to, mm. to make sure that people don't rip each other off and it, so i don't understand the purpose how involved are mainstream groups in this movement because i've noticed a story from very recently from march this year about an australian right wing christian conference held in brisbane where the host dave pello held a panel session and he encouraged members or urged members there to infiltrate the liberal party liberal and national parties he said it was a great moment to infiltrate the parties and to really lead those parties toward the right and toward back toward christianity in australia and to lead australia that way because that was happening prior, wasn't it? Like I think Nick McKenzie did some stuff around those right-wing groups, but also there was something with the young nationals with people coming in. I think that's what you're talking about where there was, there's been a concerted effort for quite a few years, like within America. There's One Nation links, aren't there? Yep. <laughs> so just about everyone who was on that panel at that church and state, I think it's called. When was that conference? That was, it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. And just before that, there was another one that's called Pushback and Prayer, which is an online one. And, you know, George Christensen shows up to those. George Christensen, I think a lot of listeners will know, but he's the National, um, Party. National Party guy who spends most of his time in Manila, right? Is yep. that correct? Yep, yeah. that's the man. Uh, Malcolm Roberts, who's a senator from Queensland. Gerald Rennick, who's also from Queensland. So there have been, you know, Bernie Finn, if we think back to the Melbourne protests, was out on the steps with them, um, appeared at a protest for them. He has uh, big links with the anti-abortion movement yes, too, he does. doesn't he? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, for sure there's definitely been politicians who have used this as an opportunity to connect with people. And to be honest, like Sandy's story about where she came into this, that's kind of why I did because I am a bit of a political junkie. So I'd been watching everything that had been happening in the UK and... America, and I really saw a lot of similarities at that point. You know, Trump got into power by linking up with the very right-wing Christianity. America's paying the price for that now with some laws that are being passed and some rights that are being taken away. So that's probably why I got interested in it, and I could definitely see that in Melbourne, you know, that there was a very strong anti-Labour, anti-Dan sentiment for whatever reason. I mean, I can't vote. I'll just put that out there that I cannot vote. I'm an Australian citizen. So like, I'm not speaking on behalf of the Labour Party. <laughs> um, but there was a huge anti-Dan sentiment. And, you know, that was definitely a big part in the Melbourne movement. You, you know, when, when you've RDA. got, yeah, when you've got Monica Smith, who's the leader of the movement in Melbourne on Neil Mitchell's show. Can you tell us who that is and how that works? Because I feel like it creates an impression, and this is the whole thing to me. I'd like to know, in your opinion, how many people, I know that's a really mm. hard question to answer, are actually part of the movement in Australia because the Victorian election, most recent election, was a fascinating example of this feeling that the movement was huge and there was a huge feeling against Dan, and yet he scored a, a huge swing in his favour and actually had the biggest vote for Labor that Labor's seen in the state in years. Mm. He increased his majority. So firstly, I feel like it, it it's very polarising, isn't it, the, the movement? It sort of pushes and pulls people pretty strongly in one direction or another. And these people who seem really powerful, and, and, and I feel like the media takes them very seriously, more seriously than the public does. Now, I can hear those meetings without even sitting in them where people mm -hmm. go, no, we've got, to, we've got to have them on, we've got to have balance. People like them. People want to hear from them. And especially if it appeals to a certain demographic. Does it though? Because that's what I'm saying. Yeah, true. You know, Does when you it? go to the the ultimate rating system, which is a vote, it doesn't seem to. So can you tell us who, who are you talking about and the significance of them being on these mainstream talkback shows? So Monica is a Catholic that the church that she actually belongs to, I can't remember the name of it. What's her name? Monica? Smith, S-M-I-T. So before COVID, she was traveling to various holy places and talking about, you know, how we should all be more Catholic. She latched on to, to COVID right at the start. She is very, uh, she's young, she's blonde, she's very attractive. 
she's very passionate and she can ho- she can literally hold the crowd in the palm of her hand like she was the person they needed she was a great leader for them she's very energetic she's got a thousand ideas but she seemed to have an awful lot of money from the get-go <laughs> to be able to have a bus you know that had sat down andrews painted on the side she had a lot of resources. So she very quickly became the face of the movement. What was the organisation called? Reignite Democracy Australia. I did see an interview of her that's always stuck with me. Here's this woman who has headed this group and done all these things and she's being interviewed. How can us as women better support our husbands? I'm like, you're just talking to somebody who's a woman, who's the director of this and done all these things and you're asking her how she can better support her partner like yeah there is a traditional uh, track to that as well with um the the women sort of men be men women be women and (laughs) where are the men (laughs) what is it yeah explain that because i was listening to your latest podcast and it's like this cat this cry this battle cry where are all the men a lot of the men in the movement have got this thing going on that, the, you know, the poor white Christian man is just being so persecuted in the world right now that, you know, it's just really, really unfair. And, you know, they should be given the space to, you know, come back and and just be be men. Well, again, though, I mean, that is a taking advantage of of a truism, which is that yeah. the roles of men in, and we should always say, you know, in our Western culture, because this is not a massive conversation in South Sudan, I can tell you that from experience, but um, in our Western white affluent culture, um, this is a big conversation where in the space of one or two generations, the roles of men have changed significantly and there is a sense of loss and there is a sense of what, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to be? That And that is real. And I do believe that's real and that's troublesome. And that you know, is problematic. But this is, again, this kind of t- being ready to take advantage of that reality and that sense of loss and of, of being lost and weaponizing it. But the other half of what they mean is women should be women. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. <laughs> like that, yeah, that's yeah. what they really mean when they when they say that. And, you know, like... The only we, solution is correct. to take from women. And they, they do regularly say... They want Australia to be more like how it was when they were growing up because they just want to be able to say what they want. And I mean, I'd love to get a 20 cent bag of bloody lollies like when they were one cent each. I don't think they mean that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, I get I get it. it it's that nostalgia. And I think the, the thing that I've been trying to step back and look at, and I... When you were talking about these movements have been ready, I worked at a council for four years and I can remember clearly people talking about the 5G I sit back and I think it's almost like you feel gaslit because I would see a lot of people I knew kind of, you know, not directly but loosely sharing stuff about the 5G. Can you remind us about that? I even forget now, to be honest, what was the major concerns about the 5G network? Because I loved it from day one. I was like, shit hot. When can that come? Because, you know. Yeah, exactly. So can you remind us, Sam, yeah. what, what were people complaining about? So where, what were they worried where about? Where I saw it was when um, teleco companies, for want of a better word, need to get council permission to put like masts or do adjustments to towers. So that would get, you know, put in council minutes. It would be advertised, which is what you've got to do. And it would come up at council. Most people are like, man, I just want to get my like good 5G. But there, there are people who would, you know, write in letters or come to council meetings and ask questions. But Sauce and Sandy might be able to talk further about how it intersects with everything because there's that definite correlation with that. Well, I think it's you know. more to do with um, we're going to get superpowered um, internet so that eventually they can set up surveillance on all of us. So there's oh. a that whole kind of thing for the smart cities. And then the, they think that the Wi-Fi is going to interfere with our health, like the frequencies. It's so almost like the wind farms, you know how there's yeah. people who think wind farms cause yes. issues. And look, I think that it's healthy to have a curiosity and a distrust of technology, government, mm-hmm. health, <laughs> science, whatever it might be. But it's where's healthy? That, mm. And I think that's the that's the difference. It becomes obsessive. Is there a moment where you're gonna say, ah, oh, will I listen to all of these lots and lots and lots of scientists or Uncle Trev? Well, this odd scientist, they can they have this knack of bringing in somebody who does have qualifications that talks the way they talk. 
And again, you know, you, you can go back to, well, so did the cigarette industry for about mm. 30 years, you know. They had scientists that they'd bat up as well who'd go, nah, I don't reckon. I don't reckon cigarettes hurt anybody. I reckon it's fine. And here's my data. And, you know, you can do that. And, in fact, the same scientists stand up now and talk about global warming and they'll say, nah, I don't reckon. I reckon it's fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. The same individuals are used by the mining companies and all of that. So it's not hard, I suppose, if you don't believe Google, though. If you don't believe anything you read, if you anything mainstream, yeah, it's not allowed. It's they're lying to you. And what do they define as mainstream? Because I anything that doesn't think what they think. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's right. and and I think the the reason I was so interested in getting you on to talk and Michelle was just like pumped when I was telling her. I think it starts with my main beef with everything is that there's people who are very clever and very opportunistic and I feel like there's a lot of vulnerable people and I I can tell you I can be naive and I can sort of slip into thinking, oh, my God, is that true? But what I see is there's a lot of shape-shifting in this movement and ultimately there's massive grifters who are just wanting to take money and then you've got all these people, it's a broad church, it's, they're vulnerable people and they're also looking for a community and they have found a community because we all want, so I feel like there's all these things happening but it's leading to something very potentially dangerous and harmful for people who don't know any better like the advice they're being given and I guess that's what I want to yeah. know. Like what what... If you needed to sort of, if you were talking to someone like me and Michelle and you're like, right, this is how we see it, what would you say to them about the progression of this? But also, I mean, it's as old as time, the grift, isn't it? It's just changed. And I think conspiracy theories have been around for a long time and a lot of the conspiracy theories that they talk about aren't new. Mm. Like flat earth and... Yeah, um, And, and all the things that they end up being fed up, yeah, through the Telegram channel... Telegram's like a social, if listeners, I don't know, a lot of listeners might use it. Can I just, if, if you've never heard of Telegram, please, God, don't go and download Telegram. It is a cesspit. Mm. Don't, don't do it. Yeah, That's why do people advice. use it? Just journalists used to use it years ago, like, because it, it's, was it, in, it's encrypted. It was more if you wanted to protect your sources or I think in war. It's unmonitored in, too. You yeah. can put whatever you want on there and it's not going to get taken down. Because they were getting deplatformed off Facebook and And I think Instagram. that was one of the things that we saw. And I think that there's a lot of people inside the movement who take great offense at them being called right wing or being called Nazis, right? They they hate that and they take huge offense to it. Mm. Well, that's something, at least. I'm glad they take offense to it. <laughs> but our, our review on it is, is everyone in this movement right wing? No. Is everyone in this movement Nazi or fascist? Of course not. But if you're sitting in a room... And there's 10 of you in there and half of them are mm. and you don't leave the room. Oh. Then I don't know. Absolutely. That's a room full of Nazis. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if you get I don't know if you get to say you're not when mm. you actively encourage them at your rallies. They attend your rallies. They take photos of themselves at your rallies. They yeah. bring their signs. They're in your telegram chats. You sharing their content. I don't know. I don't know if you still then get to throw your hands up in the air and go, no, 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 we're not about that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now might be a time to share this with you, this video. It's, it's really, it, I mean, it's harrowing. The entire video is, is eight minutes long. And that's including the aftermath. So it's maybe four minutes, the conversation between a young police officer and a young man, each of them would be under 30. The man in the car is 25 years old and he's dead by the end of this conversation. I've edited it down, but I think it's important to play a bit of it because the the young police officer, I don't think could have been any more polite, any more respectful or helpful. And the young man in the car is, I think, really combative throughout the entire process. This young man's mother was also pulled over in a similar incident uh, not too long ago. She's suing this police department, the Farmington Police Department, already over a similar incident. She was pulled over because she had similarly an illegal license plate. They have taken off their license plates and they put on these sovereign citizen plates So this young man was driving around Utah, Salt Lake City, and he was pulled over by the police. And this is the body cam. So obviously there's a trigger warning to this because you'll hear shots fired at the end of this audio and he's killed. But gosh, the lead up to it is so uh, upsetting because it was so unnecessary. At every turn, he is just coming back with this. It's hard. It can be a little bit hard to hear at times, but he's coming back with so much weird babble, legal babble. And what you need to know is that he has a very visible gun holster. It's a shoulder holster. It's got a clip over it. So it's impossible to know if there's a gun in it. During the entire encounter, he is recording inside the car with his phone. And then at the last second, when they're trying to get him out of the car, he quickly switches hands with the phone and reaches towards the gun holster. And that, of course, is the fatal move. I was reading a bit of stuff about this and police forces in America, police services are actually being trained to manage sovereign citizens with that scripted kind of legal pseudo babble that is spoken. This young police officer seems very comfortable with the the encounter right up until even the, the fact that he knows this guy's got a gun holster. I mean, that just freaks me out as an Australian but he certainly, he seems comfortable with the conversation until that terrible moment. How's it going? Good, how are you? Good, I'm off Farmington Police. The reason for the stop today is there's no registration on your vehicle. I don't need registration and I don't answer questions. Alrighty. Davis, Fox 21, can you have a couple more head my way? So here's the deal, man. I'm stopping you because there's no registration on your vehicle and I'm requesting your identification. Okay, you are detained at this time and you are not free to leave. Are you going to provide me your identification? I don't answer questions. Okay, so I'm going to take that as a no that you're not going to provide me your identification. Is that is that the route we're going? Or would you like to provide your identification to me and we can have a conversation, we can discuss the laws that you're breaking, and then we can go from there. Okay, so I'm not trying to incur any debts or anything. I'm trying to investigate why your vehicle doesn't have any registration. 1692, you are trying to incur debt and legal action for something that is not allowed. Okay, okay. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. And what I'm telling you is that you do not have an option to identify yourself. You are lawfully required to identify yourself. So you can provide you can provide your identification to me and we can have a conversation about the laws that you've broken or you can fail to identify to me 
and we can go that route too. I'm perfectly okay with either way you want to go, but the direction that this inner encounter goes is 100% in your hands. Sir, Utah Code, United States Code, okay. is a corporate policy okay. in which you have to be contracted and to be required to follow it. Unless you okay. can provide me a contract with my wet ink signature on it saying that I'm required to follow it. Okay. So do you want to do you want to identify yourself to me, or do you want to go a different route? Wonderful. Do you have a driver license as well? I am not giving you jurisdiction. Okay. Do not stop. Do not detain. You are not allowed to stop me. Let me see that. I didn't see what you just tried to show me. Can you show that to me again? What's this? This is a passport. It says, do not stay up, do not detain. And if you go on the first page, okay. it says, the United States hereby requests all who may it concern to okay. permit the citizens here's, here's what I'm telling you. Here's what I'm telling you. Okay, will you hand that to me so I can read it? You're not going to hand it to me? If I hand this to you, accept trusteeship and surety, and you are obligated to... Sure, I'll accept, I'll accept yeah. trusteeship if you just hand me the document so I can identify who you are, because you're required by state law. I am not Thank you so much, Mr. Myself. Chase Allen. That is not me. That is a piece of plastic paper. Okay, step out of the car for me. No. Sir, step out of the vehicle no. right now. I am not required to. Step if out of this vehicle right me, now. Then we're going to have an issue where so step out of the car right now. Step out of the car. We're going to break the window and pull you out. Step out of the car. Gun, 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 gun. Isn't it extraordinary how avoidable? That was? Yeah. This is an incredibly intelligent and educated young man, and he's well aware of what is evolving during that traffic stop because he was in the car with his mum when she went through the same motions. I just find that unbelievable that he obviously knew that could be the outcome. And the words that you hear him say, it's like the few kind of videos of that ilk, even in Australia I've watched, it's like this script. What can you, you've mentioned it a few times, what can you tell us about the difference between driving and travelling, for example? So in their view, driving is a commercial term. So can I take a step back that might make it make sense? So what they believe is that when you are born and you're given a birth certificate, on your birth certificate, it says your name in capital letters. And from that point on, they believe that that is your first contract with the corporation. So there's now two versions of you. There's you, the living being, which is why you hear them say that a lot. I am a living woman, I am a living man, I am a living breathe being. And the paper version of you, which they call your straw man. Which is why he made that weird comment about his passport. That is not correct. Me. That is a That's plastic not, piece that of is paper. A plas correct. So they believe that there's you, the person, and you, the contract, with the corporation. Which is why they believe you don't have to pay bills, you shouldn't pay rates, you don't need a driver's license, all the rest of it, because it's not you. It's your straw man. And the corporation is? The government. Like anything. 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 And the government do that to control you, to make you pay bills and all that stuff. Correct. Because they're, they're Profit whole. Profit off you. They believe that the, the corporation runs the world on maritime law, because maritime law is a series of contracts and payments. So... I contract, you pay me. It's a contract. They believe that they want to be on the land, the law of the land, which is common law, where it's only a crime if someone's property is hurt or if there's a victim or if you break a contract. So that's how they think the law should be carried out. So sometimes when you hear them in court, they'll say things like, produce the victim. Because if there's no victim, there's no crime. It's why sometimes when you hear them be stopped by the police and the police come 
and put their lights and sirens on. They'll make a really big deal about why did you put the lights and sirens on? Where's the victim? There is no victim. You stop me for a traffic offence. There's no victim, therefore there's no crime. They typically get stopped, say it comes up that the vehicle's not registered or there's unpaid fines. Breathalyzer. In this case, for example, this guy's been pulled over because he has this, and I'll post a photo on our socials and everywhere, a very, very distinctly non-compliant number plate. There are people in Australia right now driving around with sovereign plates. I have a photo of one that was a photo that was taken in Maryborough in Queensland just a couple of weeks ago. So this young man's mother was uh, pulled over for the same offence last year and she filed a federal lawsuit in September of last year against the same police department. Some of the things in her lawsuit strike me. I wonder if you've heard of these things. Part of it is that she's demanding they provide records identifying her as a dead entity or slave. That's what I called the straw man. That's also what it's known as, your dead entity. So there's you, the living person, and your dead entity, which is all of your corporate records. Like my MyGov and my birth certificate and my marriage certificate or whatever. Everything. Everything where your name is in capital letters. And since Chase died in that incident, his sister has contacted some media outlets to object to their using the term sovereign citizen with regard to him and their mum. She says it's an outdated term and that it's been weaponised by government and law enforcement against people like them. And that the term, the correct term to use is American state national. Yeah, they're just changing the name because um, Sovereign Citizen was deemed a terrorist organisation or whatever. It was deemed terrorism. So they're just trying to pivot the name so that they don't get referenced as terrorists. And again, I don't mean to be simplistic or just argumentative for the sake of it, but in, in their new world, like who who's going to pay to up keep the roads and stuff? Like, if you don't pay tax or don't no, yeah, but no, no, a no, contract but, to buy a car. No, they're, no, they're yeah. gonna pay they're gonna pay tax. Like I think one one thing to remember is they're not trying to have no government. They're trying to have their government. Their own I version see, of that it. is significant. Okay. Okay. This is where I just want to push it back a bit. Is like why do they believe all this stuff? Is because they've been convinced that this is the way through these people who are making money off them. I want to talk about a little bit here about these groups. So take away all the politics and all the vaccine hesitant people and all those people out in the streets. Now we're left because the mandates have been pretty much lifted. I think they're lifted everywhere pretty much. Yeah. And everyone's kind of gone back to their lives, right? We're not seeing the large protests anymore. The movement has very much died out. Now what we're left with, and pretty early on they were trying to do this, they were trying to set up community groups. Monica had them with RDA Active groups. We had the Australia Project that had satellite groups all over. They were pretty early on. Um, they're conspiracy theorists group um, everywhere. They're a mixed bag of everything. So they're trying to gather in their communities, keeping in mind these people are now lonely, they're segregated, they've left their family and friends. Now they're on their own. They're trying to find their communities. What has actually working and where they're all kind of landed now is My Place. And My Place was started in Frankston. So we had My Place Frankston, they opened up, it's a nice concept. They have a community where they can bring these people who've now been um, segregated and are lonely and have their these beliefs together. And they do fun things, they do like dance lessons and they have these little markets and it's all anti-vax, it's all their stuff, right? And like almost like a food bank type things, don't they have yeah, that they kind do. of thing? And they, yeah, that's right. There's one that's opened up in, it's called Vic West and they've got a farm and they go in and they they harvest their food and sell it to each other and sell it to the community, whatever. But um, so basically, uh, so it started off like this community. So that's, that's nice. But when you are being mindful it's a little bit of like a little bit of a front it's like getting people in it's all really cute and nice and all this stuff but then they've got the sovereign flag on their walls which is this red ensign flag with six stars they've got an under underlying ideology and common law and conspiracy theories and all this stuff that's kind of underlying in there and they have people come through that speak to them and it's these speakers that come in who then sell their scams sell their common law seminars and their what else would you call it websites and their groups and educate them and 
through this. So My Place Frankston has now grown into, I think they've got almost 60 groups now all over Australia. I think uh, Victoria alone has 40, 50 groups. How many Australians do you think are involved in the movement in some way? I would say we've, we're left with about 10,000 and I've actually collated all these numbers on an Excel sheet. I've been paying attention to They all cross over each other. So Sandy's all, just talking about my place members. My place. No, but, no, but I mean the yeah. movement. I mean, I would I mean preppers, say, cookers, you know, yeah. whatever they want to call themselves. The whole movement has now landed into my place. So that's why I'm going to go through my place numbers because I believe they're all converged. That's where they're all landed. So all the different things. I'm not sure about that. I would have a different view on that because I don't think. that's okay. Let's hear both of you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Sandy? My place is giving them a place to land. I, that's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And it also sounds, from what you're saying, that it's got a friendly face. So that, it's that nice. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's little community things um, that yeah. they can do together. And then they talk about all their belief stuff and um, have speakers in. So that's kind of where I wanted to, we're going back into why I believe that, why people like you see in these videos, it's like, well, who's teaching them all this stuff? They're segregated people. They've got this um, ideology and that's what makes them go out and do that stuff and pick up a gun because he was actually probably more fearful of the fact that he was going to be kidnapped, Mm -hmm. that's what they call, um, arrested by those officers just then because they started coming in and that's when he he reacted, right? Because I'm going to be kidnapped, these officers. And you've got to understand their views of police and authority is like really doomsday. Like these people are out to get us, they're genociding us. And this is the thing, this is not uh, a young urban African-American guy. Mm. This is a a white, affluent, educated 25-year-old man. Yep. This this is what is so heartbreaking about it. You know, we see African-American kids in this situation every day. And this guy has everything going for him. It's imagined. Yes. It's imagined oppression. Yes, it's imagined oppression. It's like the pandemic finally, they've finally had some restrictions on their lives. Yes. I can't agree with you more. And they're literally going down rabbit holes. They're literally going down and it's destroying their lives. These people have donated so much money to all these different scams. They've separated from their families and now they're running out and they're trying to they're trying to role play. We call it live action role playing. They're live action role playing their beliefs in the real world. That's when they'll turn up to councils and that's when they'll um, run for elections. <laughs> and I think that Sandy's right that all of the bolted on cookers have ended up in my place. But my concern is now the religious side. And I don't think they're in my place. Yes, I agree with that. Too. Like, as an example. There were 200 people praying out the front of the project. Now let's discuss that because that has just blown up into an incredible protest movement that seems all its own. Well, it was interesting to Sandy and I because one of the people speaking at that protest today was one of the people that was instrumental in the Melbourne lockdown protest. Always the same people. One Mm. of the individuals who's running this group as well also throughout the lockdowns was it was also mingling and had doing lives with other influences that were in the Australian freedom movement it was very anti-vax and all that stuff too so the freedom movement as a whole is not left wing the freedom movement as a collective were already very uncomfortable with abortion rights they're very uncomfortable with same-sex marriage they're very very uncomfortable with trans rights. I mean, we said in our most recent episode, this used to be funny for us. Like they used to be quite funny with their silly, silly things and the silly, silly things they used to say and the silly rants that they used to go on. And it's just not funny anymore. Like it's disturbing, it's distressing, it's hate-filled, it's bigotry. Like, I think now is the time, I think, and I did a tweet the other day that said, are we paying attention yet? Well, I've been asking that question for a very long time on the project, funnily enough. That's why I got sacked. But um, so Christian Lives Matter is the the name they've given themselves, I believe, this collective. And at the moment, their attention is on the project. But I've seen this incredible graphic that they're using and that you have both tweeted 
It's an image of Jesus Christ during the crucifixion. He's got the crown of thorns on. See, I was raised Catholic, so I get this imagery. And he's got a dove superimposed over his head and he is clutching. And listeners, you're not going to believe it when I say it to you, but it is true. He's clutching none other than the Australian flag. Yeah. And so that's Who knew Jesus Jesus was an Aussie? Ruben Kay, young comedian, was on the project and he told a joke. I think it's hilarious when someone messages me and says, you have to accept Jesus's love or you will burn in hell because I love Jesus. I love any man who can get nailed for three days straight and come back for more. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed like a pretty quick moment, but in these times in which we live, a group of people, as we've said many times today, saw it as an opportunity. And uh, Christian Lives Matter is the coalition. uh, (laughs) And look, I definitely think that it was that. I think that, I mean, Sandy and I have been watching what's been going on maybe for a few months and for a good three or four months, there have been players in the movement trying to kind of push it in a direction. And then talk about old campaigners. Fred Nile is part of this movement. And then all of a sudden this happens on the project and it's like, bang, there it is. There was a lead up to that too because you had Pride Week as well in Sydney. Yes. And then there was um, a church that had painted their steps with the rainbow colours. and then Yes, um, the murals. Yeah. And men came over and they painted over the top of it in the middle of the night, you know. And that was an an inclusive church. Yes, but more disturbingly, I think, in the States, the state of Arkansas just a couple of weeks ago banned drag performances. So these are very real-world consequences, as you said, from from the, the Trump years, you know, still rolling out. We have a member of the Freedom Movement who has a little um, alternative media site thing that she's interrupting drag queen story time and she's going to the drag queen so a lot of her um content is all around save the children and the whole thing that drag queens are grooming children for pedophilia it's just unfair and that's just not true it's exactly (laughs) it's yeah and she's just based all her whole thing about that now she's actually going into these drag events yeah recording herself interrupting it's escalation it's regressive. It's it's those very old tropes, isn't Absolutely. it? Those very conservative. I want things old... to be back how they were when mm. I could say what yes. I wanted to say. Yeah. And homosexuality was you illegal. You kept that inside. I don't want to and... see your business. Yeah, yes. that's the yeah. yeah. The shootings in Queensland. That's another strain of stuff that seems to have not been on the radar of authorities and and I guess they're not really on the socials they're pretty low-key yeah I mean I think that's what we need to know about you know the people like the trains and I've got to be honest we keep track of a lot of people and we had never heard of them Mm. are we able to talk about the video just explain how that kind of rolled out so the night that the video was found, someone did send someone else found that video. I won't say who that person is. And Which they, was about um the, them sort the of video talking in straight after yeah. they had actually done the shooting, um, and sent it through. And it was the most disturbing thing I've ever watched because it was one of yeah. those things that you were watching. And you're like, wait, is this new? Is this old? Like, is this? And then realizing, oh, they've recorded this straight after. They came to kill us and we killed them. If you don't defend yourself against these devils and demons, you're a coward. We'll see you when we get home. We'll see you at home, Don. Love you. So we have a small group. So I shared it with these guys. And then it just becomes a race against time, against the media, to be honest. Because what we want to do is be able to go onto their YouTube channels, their Rumble, their BitChute, and extract every piece of information that's on there, download every single video, every single comment because what we're always trying to identify is links to others 
Like that's the game. It's not like about this one little person who just keeps popping up. It's how connected is that person? Because if they're not connected, they'll just burn themselves out and they'll just become one of the many faces of the the movement. So we were really frustrated with the media because they shared the address of the YouTube site and then instantly it's gone. And we were actually, you know, being contacted by other people in this space going, how much of that did you get? Because there was people in America who were already looking at these people and now all their work's gone. And they were pretty sure that they were planning similar type events in America because, yeah, these were very dark. These were, I mean, we've watched a lot of stuff. The stuff yeah. on these channels was very dark. It was very, it, it had a, it had anti-vaccine kind of sentiments to it, to a very much anti-police kind of thing, definitely. And it talked about um, concerns for the children as well in one of the diary things, but there were some similarities to what we see from what their views were, from what we've seen from our Australian freedom movement as well. But um, they, these people, we couldn't find any connections to the Australian freedom movement. They weren't connected to the Australian freedom movement. They just fringe dwell, fringe dwellers. Although they yes. they were connected to that American fringe group, weren't they? And they, and they, I think their amount of comments and stuff they had was very few. So it was a very, it was very, very closed. Group. Was very closed group. Yeah. It was a public YouTube yeah. account, but. And I think that's that. You know, when I watch the videos of the majority of the people in Australia doing the, you know, I don't. Consent. I don't consent. Um, I think um, it's I think it's frustrating because to Sandy's point, they come into these places. I mean, we've I've got a video of the camp in Canberra when old Parliament House doors were set on fire. I've got a video from that camp of a girl standing in front of a whiteboard, literally running lessons on what to say. And you've got to take yourself out of the public and become the private. And you'll say this, and then we'll say that, and they're writing it on a whiteboard. The problem is they generally don't, for a bunch of people that like to do their research, <laughs> they actually don't do any research themselves on the actual what it means to have that belief. Yeah. And what part of this belief do you believe in? Because there's Rod Carlerson has hid views, and Wayne Glue has a different view, and yeah. Stephen Spears has a different view again. They all so they all think... It's a broad spectrum of views, solves it. Yeah, it's very confusing. And, and none of them do anything other than believing if I get in a car and I get pulled over by the police, I say these things three times and the police are going to go, yep, so you're like right. The Wizard of Oz. Done. Or something. No, charge, no charges for you. People need to get more interested in who their local councils are, what they do, and also when the elections are on who's running, like, mm. it's really important because councils manage massive budgets. Like, people don't understand that. They're like, oh, my rates, or you only care about your bin being picked up or a tree you want to get chopped down. Council manages a lot of money. There's really important decisions and services they provide. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always like, really get across it. Thanks to our guests, Soss and Sandy. And we'll have details in the show notes for this episode on their podcast, Tinfoil Tales. And it runs on the feed of another podcast that does work in this world called the Conditional Release Program Podcast. As always, thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow-up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there.